Now, presenting live from 401 Maplewood Drive in Jupiter, Florida. Join our family every Sunday morning at 9 and 11 a.m. Today's message brought to you by Pastor Ben Pierce. Good morning. Hey, I want to welcome you to Generation Church. Uh, Can we welcome all those joining us by video and everybody who's visiting with us in the house? So glad you guys are here this weekend. This series is about the uncommon denominators of life. We all know about the common denominators. Those are common. But there's some power that resides in this idea of tapping into the things of the kingdom of God that are uncommon. When you begin to tap into those things that the kingdom of God provides for us that that are not so common to the natural world, we begin to see uncommon power as a result of those things. And so uh, I want to get into this today because I I believe that these things are the heartbeat of God. They're the heartbeat of Generation Church. You know, if you have what's common, you have what everybody has. But if you have in your life what is uncommon, you have what few people have. And, and I believe that as we get into those things that are uncommon denominators, we, we begin to see God do something in our midst that maybe other people aren't being able to encounter or see or have for their lives. Now, see, I believe God has a purpose here in this city. I believe that God is doing something big right here through Generation Church, through you to reach this city. And not just this city, but this region, South Florida and this state and even our nation and and our world right here from Jupiter, Florida. And so these things are the critical keys to helping us see God do something uncommon in our lives and in our generation. Last week, we talked about honor and, uh, and how honor is common to honor up, but it's not so common to be able to honor down and to honor all around. It's easy to honor the pretty people. It's easy to honor the people that are popular and, and command honor, but, but when it comes to the people that aren't so pretty, they don't smell so nice, that, that are below you, or maybe an employee of yours. But see, it's in the honor of not just those that are above us, but those that are beneath us and around us. It's in that uncommon honor that we see God's power released. It's the uncommon things that make a difference. And I honor you. I honor you as a church because we are where we are because of you. Because you have, have, have uh, linked into the culture that God has built right here at Generation Church. You've linked into these heart motives and these heart attitudes. And, and when people walk through those doors seeking the love of God, they sense God's love through you because of you. Because you have bought into that. So I honor you for that. We are where we are as a church because of you. And I don't know if you know this or not, but what God is doing at Generation Church is uncommon. The amount of growth that we've seen in six short years is uncommon. The the facility that's being built next door at this stage in the life of a church is uncommon. What God is doing here is growing faster than even some churches in the Bible Belt. And this is a very spiritually dry area. And so you are a part of something big. Now, I know that what what we have done up to this point, these uncommon denominators are the key to what has brought us to where we are. But they they are not something that we can forget about. See, it's the things that brought us to where we are that are going to take us to where we're going. And we can't just get to this next place as we create capacity for people and we create spiritual capacity in our own hearts to receive people who are seeking the Lord. We can't just stop where we are. We have to embrace these things to the next level. We have to honor all the more. So this weekend, I want to talk to you about uncommon excellence. 
Uncommon excellence. Excellence is one of those things that comes from the kingdom of God. And, and people know about excellence on a common level. Like we know that we need to do this, that, and the other and be excellent here and there. But what I want to share with you today is that from the kingdom of God, there's an uncommon excellence that surpasses the excellence that the world brings, that surpasses the excellence of, of what you see in the normal everyday lives that we live. And I believe that as we tap into God's uncommon excellence, the excellence of his excellency, we tap into that, that we begin to see results in our lives that nobody else sees. Yesterday, we were next door building the stage for the new auditorium, and we had a great showing of guys that came out. Leroy was there, and, and uh, Ron was there, and, and a ton of folks, and I'm missing anybody. I'm sorry. I can't see anything for the lights. We had a, a ton of folks there, and we're working, and, and as I watched these guys build the stage, I just saw the level of excellence that they were operating in. I was watching these guys go around and we're, we're building the vertical uh, posts in there. And, and instead of just letting them lean or whatever, they were going through and, and squaring them up before they put the top plate on. And, and we were measuring things to the millimeter. And we would put it down and take it up because it needed to be moved. And there was a level of excellence. As I began to think about that as it relates to uncommon excellence, as we were building that, I, I remembered about my grandfather. He was a, uh, a builder. He was a general contractor, and he built neighborhoods all around the country, from California to Michigan. And so I kind of grew up in that environment, and, and it reminded me of a story of a contractor like my grandfather and a carpenter. And this carpenter worked for a big contractor, built houses everywhere, worked his entire life for this guy. And he was the best carpenter. He made sure that everything, he, he operated in a level of excellence that nobody else in that industry operated in. And after years and years and years of service, something inside of him began to change. Anybody ever been there? Like, like something in your heart just gets a little tainted. And, and so this carpenter, he, he got this thing in his heart and he said, you know, I've been, I've been working for this contractor my entire life. And what do I have to show for it? And so his excellence began to slip. And the contractor, he comes in one day and he says, hey, I, I've got this special project. I want you to head it up. This is so important to me. And he, so he tells the carpenter about the, the project, everything that he wants to do. And, and he's like, this is going to be a really high-end build. It's going to be a great house. It's going to have all these special things and, and all this stuff happening. Inside. And I want you, because you're the best on my team, I want you to head it up. So the carpenter says, sure. I'll head it up, and he gets the plans, and, and in his heart, he begins to think, you know, this is a high-end house. There's a lot of places I can cut corners, and I think I'll cut some corners here, and I'll save some of that money for myself, so I'm not going to put the best of the best plumbing in this house. I, I'm not going to put the best of the best electrical. I'm not, I'm not going to put the best framing materials or the best sheet rocket and, and, you know, the trim and that kind of stuff. I'll use this because it's cheaper. And so this, this carpenter who had been the most excellent started to cut corners. He built the house and he, he comes to the contractor and he says, here it is. It's done. And the contractor says, man, great job. The house looks great. And the contractor reaches into his pocket he pulls out a set of keys, and he says, you have served me in this company for excellence for your entire career. Thank you. 
and he hands him to the keys to a house full of cut corners and places of reduced excellence. And in our lives, sometimes we find ourselves in that same place. It's, it's common to have the world's excellence, but it's uncommon to tap into God's excellence. It's uncommon to maintain excellence when it doesn't feel right. It's uncommon to maintain excellence when you feel like you are at the short end of the deal. It's uncommon to maintain excellence when you feel like everybody else is moving past you. It's uncommon to maintain excellence when you feel like you're not getting ahead and you're being left behind, but God sees. There's power in maintaining excellence. And I believe that as you transition your life from a place of common excellence that we know we need just in order to maintain a job and those kind of things, as you, you cross that barrier of common excellence into a place of uncommon excellence, that you will begin to see the results from the kingdom of God operating in your life. See, it's important that we, we have excellence in our work and our worship. In, in the workplace, because people are watching us, the, the way that we handle our jobs, it's a testimony to people. But it's also important to have excellence in the way that we worship God. And we have excellence in our work, and we have excellence in our worship. And, and sometimes I see people who have excellence in their work, but their worship still has some area of development. Like I've seen people who are workaholics, they work so much that they forget about God. They forget about having excellence with their kids. They forget about having excellence with their spouse. They forget about having excellence in their family. They forget about having excellence in the kingdom of God. They forget about having excellence in the way they worship God. They work so much they can't attend on the weekends and, and all in the miss. They're not able to be a part of life groups. So excellent in work that we miss the worship side. You know, the kingdom of God is not either or. The kingdom of God is and. It's not excellence in work or worship. It's excellence in work and worship. It's not prosperity or stewardship. It's prosperity and stewardship. It's not truth or mercy. It's truth and mercy. The kingdom of God is, is not one side or the other. The kingdom of God is, is both. And I've met people who are excellent in their worship, but their work suffers. Like they're so spiritual. So zoned in and tuned in to the Lord and, and, and their worship is exemplary. But their work is a bad testimony. I mean, listen, I used to have this guy in our youth group and a great guy, loved, loved the Lord, but I could not get this guy to show up on time for anything. He never showed up for anything. And, and, and he just loved God probably more than anybody that I had met. And, and so every time he would show up late for them, we would give him things to do. And, you know, we're, we're reaching a generation. We're youth pastoring hundreds of kids. And, and I would ask this guy to come in, and he would be late for everything. And I'd say, bro, what's going on? He was like, I just I couldn't pull myself away. I was praying. And I thought, dude, you need to either get up earlier or pray less, one of the two. And that's the only person I would ever say that to because I would rather you be on time and pray five minutes less because you're going to impact somebody's generation. Listen, if you're so spiritually minded, you have become no earthly good, then what good is the excellence in worship if you don't have it in work? See, the kingdom of God is about balance. If you cut corners here, it, it cuts corners there. Excellence in our work and our worship. And we get to that place, we reach a generation. You can't cut corners on either side. And that is uncommon excellence 
that in our careers and our corporate lives, our jobs, the things that feed our families, that the corporate ladder that we, that we have excellence there and excellence in our worship. So this weekend, I want to share with you two stories of two men out of scripture. They were excellent in their work and excellent in their worship. The first one is Daniel. The book of Daniel says that he had an excellent spirit about him. The second person I want to share with you this weekend is about Abel, Cain and Abel, the brother of Cain, Abel. Scripture says that he offered a more excellent sacrifice than his brother. And when you break down these two stories, while they were both excellent in work and worship, Daniel's story kind of focuses on the work side of things. See, Daniel was a part of King Nebuchadnezzar's team. He was in training to be a governor and a satrap and, and, and part of the team of people being raised up in that government. He was excellent in that work. And Abel, he was, uh, he was the, the first and second child of of. Humanity, Adam and Eve's first and second sons were Cain and then Abel. And he worshiped God in excellence. His story is how to worship God with excellence. See, we need to be excellent in all areas of life. We need to be excellent in work and worship. I love this. The Bible says this in the book of 1 Thessalonians 4 and 10. For indeed you do practice love, it love, Toward all the brothers who are in Macedonia, but I urge you, brethren, to excel still more, excelling in our worship, in the things of the kingdom. 1 Corinthians 10 and 31, it says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. And I've got 15 scriptures about excellence right here. And the Bible is full of excellence in our work and in our worship. Daniel chapter 6 and verse 3. It says, then this Daniel, he distinguished himself above all of the other governors in the satraps because he had an excellent spirit that was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm because he was excellent at work. He didn't cut corners. Hebrews 11 and 4, talking about Abel. It says, by faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained the witness that he was righteous. And God, testifying to his gifts, and through it being dead, his excellence still speaks. That's powerful. That even though Abel is dead, the level of excellence in his worship still speaks to us today. That there's still a lesson to be learned there, uncommon excellence and that's what we are as a church, and that's where we've got to continue to go. This series in common, it's about the heartbeat of Generation Church. It's many hearts, but one beat. Many hearts, but one beat of excellence. Many hearts, but one beat of uncommon honor. I want to give you the roadmap to how to develop excellence in your life. How to take your level of excellence in your work and your worship where it is right now, and to begin to build it to the next place. To, to begin to take it into that realm of the kingdom of God. That place of uncommon excellence. So if you're following along on your fill-ins, your first one this weekend is excellence begins with a decision. Excellence begins 
with a decision. There's got to be something in your heart, the switch that you flip that says, today I'm deciding to make a new path for myself. In my work and in my worship, today I'm moving into a new realm. See, this is what Daniel said in verse, chapter 1, verse 8. It says, but Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief and of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself with that food and drink. He purposed in his heart. He made a decision to say, listen, this is where I am, but that's where I want to be. I'm deciding, purposing in my heart that I'm going to enter into a place of uncommon excellence. See, excellence is not something that you just wake up one day and you have just burst forth into excellence. Excellence is a process. Excellence begins with a decision. Excellence begins with something in your heart that says, this is where I am, but that is where I want to be. See, Daniel's in this place where he's with the best of the best. All of the people that were in the king's courts, that were eating the king's food and drinking the king's wine, they were provided with the best of the best. They were already excellent. But see, Daniel knew that there was a level of excellence that doesn't come from the king, but a level of excellence that comes from the king of kings. And see, Daniel wanted to walk not in the excellence of the king, but in the excellence of the king of kings. And today, you have that same opportunity. To walk in the the excellence of the king of kings, the creator of heaven and earth, the excellence of his excellency. See, Daniel wanted to be above. He wanted to be more. And see, this is who you are. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2 and 9 that you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own special people called according to his purpose. You, you are God's priesthood. You are created for more than the world's level of excellence. You are created to be like Daniel. Where when the people in your workforce, they look at you and they say, that person, they're the best. What is it about Jeremy Irvin that he just continues to excel through Bank of America? What is it about Jeremy Irvin that that causes his numbers to look better than everybody else's numbers? What is it about that man? It's the kingdom of God's excellence. What is it about Wanda that makes Wanda stand out in the world so that the people of of this world who are disconnected from the creator, they look at us and they say, I want that in my life. I want that excellence in my life. I, I want to be that person who excels in the uncommon denominators of life. But it starts with a decision. Starts with you purposing in your heart. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 4, it says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than his brother Cain. By faith. Excellence is initiated by faith. Excellence is initiated by faith. If you want excellence on a kingdom scale operating in your life, you've got to trust the Lord that what you're taking steps towards is going to be uncommon excellence. See, I remember when I first started to, to learn about uncommon excellence as it relates to the kingdom of God's excellence operating in my life. I, I grew up on a farm. And in a farm, you never cut corners. You didn't cut corners in your work. You, you didn't play on Facebook while you're planting seed. Because if you planted seed in the wrong place or too deep or not deep enough, 
and your harvest was diminished. There was no place to camp because it affected our lives significantly. And I learned a level of excellence as the world does that. You don't want to plant too late. You don't want to plant too early. You, want to plant, you don't want to buy the cheapest seed. You, you want to put your excellence where it counts. But then I began to learn about the kingdom of God and his excellence. And that was a step of faith. To begin to do things that were excellent beyond what the world says was excellent. To begin to have excellence operating in my life when nobody else was at that level. You know, isn't it interesting how we become common with everyone else? The, the old saying, my grandmother used to say this a lot, birds of a feather flock together. The scriptural reference for that is uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and 33, that bad company corrupts good morals. And, and to some degree, we see the peer pressure of the world, and it's hard to break through that glass ceiling of what is common excellence. Nobody else is doing it. Why should I? Why should I go the extra mile? Why should I do what no one else is doing? Everybody else is on Facebook all day long at work. Why not me? I get my job done. Everyone else, they cut little corners here just to make it a little easier on me. Why, why shouldn't I do that? We begin to cut those corners in our marriage. We begin to cut corners in the way we raise our children. Parents, we, we cut corners in the amount of time and investment spiritually that we invest in our wife and our family or our husbands, our kids. Students, we, we learn how to cut corners at an early age. I have a whole library full of cliff notebooks, the little yellow ones. Who wants to read the whole textbook about, you know, oncology? That's 487 pages. I don't want to read that. Give me the little yellow one. It's 87 pages on human anatomy and physiology. That's what I need. But see, when we get into that place of uncommon excellence, it produces in us uncommon results. You want an uncommon marriage? Have uncommon excellence. You want uncommon children? Then have uncommon excellence. Don't let things slide when you see your children pushing over the boundary instead of turning a blind eye. Stop. You know something, there's, um, this one's no extra charge. There's only one thing, one thing that produces change in a person's heart, and that's pain. There's only one thing that changes us, and that's pain. When something is uncomfortable, we maneuver. When something sticks us in the side, we get out of the way. When your children experience punishment and pain, it causes them to make changes. Now, I'm not encouraging you to abuse your kids, but I'm encouraging you to parent your kids. They need parents. They don't need friends. They need somebody to produce some uncomfortable situations in a controlled environment that will help them learn excellence. It will help them not just be common, but be uncommon. You have to do those things by faith. You have to trust. I remember there were many, many, many times more than I can count on my hands, fingers, toes, and even Melissa's that my parents, they had to create uncomfortable situations for me. But it produced in me the fruit of righteousness. 
the fruit of excellence. It's uncommon to do that. And do it by faith and trust God. My parents had to trust the Lord a lot. My parents became praying parents because of me. Trust the Lord in, in those things. And be excellent by faith. Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Excellence is offering your best. You have to do it by faith, but you have to offer your absolute best. Genesis chapter 4, verse 3. It says that in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. But Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. Why? I've thought about this for so long. Why, why did God accept Abel's offering, but he didn't accept Cain's? Was it because Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground, or was it because Abel brought an offering of an animal? Did God not like fruit? I, I don't know. And I've thought about this over and over and over. What, what was it that, that God didn't respect about Cain's offering? Cain didn't offer his best. Abel offered the first. See, this is the picture. It says over the process of time, Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. This is the picture that I get. Cain is like walking around. He's like, uh, let's get right a little of that. How about a little of this? Uh, here, God, is, how's this looking to you? Just cutting the corners. Just over the process of time, I don't get this great sense of intentionality. I don't get this great sense of excellence. I don't get this great sense that, that Cain was really working to produce something for the Lord. But for Abel, it says that he brought of the firstborn. That, and this is a picture that I get for Abel. I see Abel coming up and saying, where's the best of the best? Where's my firstborn? Where, where's the one that I have to offer by faith because it's the firstborn? I, I don't know if I'm going to get any more offspring. I don't know if I'm going to have any more sheep in my herd. I don't know if they're going to produce any more lambs, but let me take the first and let me present it to God. And God respected that. So we have to offer our best to God. When you go to work, offer your best to God. When you come to worship, offer your best to God. When we come here on Saturday nights at 4.30 or, uh, or on Sunday mornings at 8.30 for the team for prayer, offer your best to that. Don't stroll in at 8.47. Don't come to worship at the last song. Offer your best work and your best worship. There's a city out there watching us. When we move into this next facility and we create physical space, we have to also create space spiritual space. We have to increase our capacity. We have to increase our excellence. We, we have to offer our best. When, when the ushers are serving uh, bulletins and handouts and, and worship gods, you know, don't make people wait forever. Have, be ready. Have your stuff together. When you're greeting people coming in, make your worship. And that's what I love about Abel's story is his worship was more excellent than Cain's. It was the best of his week. It was the best of his life. It was the best of his substance. And he brought it to God. And it was that excellence that speaks even today from the grave. His worship was excellent. He offered his absolute best. Excellence invites examination. Daniel in his uh, service to the king in his work environment he says this, chapter 1, verse 12. He says, please test your servants. 
Test us for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. And then let our appearance be examined before you. And the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. You know, there's something about excellence, uncommon excellence, God's excellence that demands somebody to look into your life and examine it. When you truly are offering your best, you truly are offering your excellence by faith. You have decided in your heart, you want to hear people's examination. There's always a little bit of truth to every criticism. As difficult as those things are to hear, when somebody comes up and says, hey, you know, I, I saw how you did this. It, can I just offer a little advice? Can, can, can I just make a comment on that? And you have to, to, to weigh that out in the right heart. You know, I've had people come up to me before and I can just tell they're not there to be constructive. They're there to be destructive. You have to weigh that out. But, but if you really are seeking excellence in your life, you have to submit yourself to examination. That's what Daniel did. He said, I want to be more excellent than these, so examine me. Look at my life. You, you want to either be winning or learning in life. If I'm not winning, then I'm learning something. How to be better in my work. How to be a better pastor. I want the testimony of this church not to just be we had the coolest worship, the best-looking worship pastor, the coolest staff, the most friendly people. I don't want the testimony of this church just to be that. I want the testimony of this church to be that they're excellent. Excellent at ministering to people. Excellent at meeting the needs of people. Excellent at bringing folks who are disconnected from God in. Excellent at the way that we serve. Excellent at the way the facility looks so that we, we treat this place with honor and respect and, and excellence. And I want to be examined every Saturday night. We have a debrief where I, I go back to the conference room and my staff, they say, listen, Pastor Ben, I think you could say this a little different. You said this and it didn't quite make sense. I didn't quite understand what you're getting. And I subject myself to an entire room full of people that are examining every word that I say. Why? Because I want to be excellent in an uncommon way. You know, there's some part of our lives that pride rises up and we don't want to hear what other people have to say. We don't want to hear what other folks, and, and the reality is when you feel that rise up, you haven't yet made the decision to be excellent. You have to decide that I am going to be uncommon. I want to be something that few people are. Because I want to stand before God one day, and I want my life to count for something uncommon. Open yourself up to examination. Allow people to speak into your life. Excellence, your last fill-in, is always accepted. Genesis 4 and 7, God was telling Cain this. He said, if you do well, Cain, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. And its desire, Cain, is for you. But you should rule over it. How do you rule over sin that lies at the door? You rule over it with excellence. You rule over it with an excellent spirit. You rule over it with excellent work and excellent worship. You, you rule over it with allowing the uncommon attributes of his excellency to, to begin to operate in your life. And God says, is it not accepted? It's always accepted. It's always accepted. Sometimes we get the feeling in life that we're getting passed by. Why should I do this? I'm getting passed by. 
Why should I extend myself out further? It's not doing any good for me. See, God says that your excellence is always accepted. If it is not only accepted by him, that not that enough? And God looks at your life and says, man, your worship, that's excellence. Your work is excellent to me. You know, a lot of times we feel the pressure to be excellent based on everybody else. We grade ourselves by other people. And how other people do can set the stage for us and how we do. A lot of times we, we grade our B-roll experiences, our behind the scenes with everybody else's A-roll experiences. Like it's the feature film of their life. It's all the best parts and we see all the best parts. We don't see the behind the scenes of everybody else. But we compare our behind the scenes with everybody else's front and center best of the best see we don't do this to be accepted by anybody but him he accepts your excellence your excellence is critical in life listen to me this scripture is very important you should write this in your bible underline it somewhere psalm 33 and verse 3 i'm going to talk about it next week some it says to play skillfully And to sing a new song. Playing skillfully is excellence. Singing a new song is indicative of the anointing or the power of God. The Holy Spirit is known as new wine or a new song, right? Excellence precedes anointing. I believe that excellence creates space for the power of God to operate in your life. Excellence, it it, it sweeps the room clean of all the debris It pushes out all the junk of our lives and it creates a place for God's power to reside. Excellence and anointing. To play skillfully, excellent. Worship the Lord. Do our jobs excellent. And to sing a new song. You want to change a generation? Be uncommon in your excellence. Want to change your family? Be uncommon in your excellence. Want to change your work environment? be uncommon it matters the end of Cain's story he told the Lord he said what am I my brother's keeper I don't know what Cain was expecting the Lord to respond with like no you're not what am I God my brother's keeper just hear his attitude there and the Lord's response to him is yeah Cain, you are your brother's keeper, and you just murdered him. As I read that, I felt like the Lord just laid on my heart that our excellence is our brother's keeper. We are responsible for the people in our world. And our excellence and our work and our worship is how we keep our brothers. How you operate at your place of business is how the world sees you and you are responsible for that and how you operate in your place of worship how the people of this city see you you are your brother's keeper you are responsible when you when you have a lack of excellence in those things it affects people so let's take our excellence to the highest place possible 
so that a generation can be changed. Can we do that? As we move into that place, can we take our excellence to new places? In your personal life, your business, your family, can you take it to new places? Decide in your heart today. God, I'm going to go into a new level of excellence. Close your eyes. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you today for the uncommon denominators of the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray today that, Holy Spirit, you would draw us to the kingdom's level of excellence, not just the world, but the kingdom of God operating inside of us. Create this draw and this desire inside of us, God, for more. If you're here today and you would say in your heart, Pastor Ben, I I have room to grow in my excellence. I I, I may have been common in my excellence, but today I feel like I'm being drawn by the Lord to a place of uncommon excellence in my work and in my worship or in both. Today, God's tugging on your heart for that. And right now, you're ready to make a decision to say, okay, God, I'm I'm going to step forward in that. If that's you, would you slip your hand up? I just want to pray for you. Yeah, a lot of hands. And take a step today. Work it out by faith. Offer your very best to God. You can put your hands down. Father, I thank you today that we would be a peculiar people as the Bible says, a holy nation, a royal priesthood, that we would operate in excellence like no one else and that it would create a place of your power, excellence and anointing. And I pray that it would change not only our families, but it would change our generation. The Generation Church would not just be known as a great church, but we'd be known as a church full of excellence and a church full of anointing. I thank you for it today. God, help your people to take those steps. Secondly, you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity. Those of you watching by video today, maybe you've never had a chance to connect with Jesus. Maybe you know about religion. Maybe you even grew up in the church, but you don't have a relationship with him. The Bible says that there's an excellency to knowing Christ Jesus, our Lord. An excellency to just knowing him. And that's what it's about. It's about knowing God. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, maybe you know religion, but you don't know Jesus, I want to pray for you. Is God tugging on your heart? If the Lord's tugging on your heart, just make eye contact with me today. You don't know Jesus, but you want to have a relationship. Just look up at me. Let me pray for you today. I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. You don't know the Lord today, but God's tugging on your heart. Secondly, you're here and your relationship with God may have veered off course. Today, you feel like the Lord is drawing you back and you want to recommit your life to the Lord. If that's you, would you look up at me so I can pray for you? sir anybody else this morning want to commit your life to the Lord or recommit your life to the Lord the scripture says this that if you can say with your words make a profession of faith what you're feeling in your heart that 
something supernatural happens that you, you become born again, born into a new kingdom, a new life. Today, I want to help you say with your words what's happening on the inside of you. Those of you joining us by video, I want to encourage you to pray this prayer. Those of you who feel the Lord tugging on your heart, pray this prayer. Mean it with all of your heart today and let God give you a fresh start in life. Let's say this together. Say, Father God, I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. Forgive me of all of my mistakes. Make me a vessel of honor today. Help me, God, to live in uncommon excellence, to affect my generation, to be above and not beneath, and live out my purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, man. So proud of you this morning.